0: Thank you for being here. My name is Dave Grothy. This is my lovely wife, Becky. And this is kind of a special Guys Morning Out because it's the first time a woman has ever spoken at a breakout.
1: So go easy. Go easy on me.
0: And how many of you all are uh, married? How many are single? Wanting to be married? Someday.
1: I think you're married. Want
0: Yeah. <laughs> Becky No, we won't. We're going to talk briefly today and appreciate Pastor Brady's message this morning. I was inspired about the counsel and the peace of God in the scripture. we're going to talk briefly about how to be irresistible to your wife and I want to defer to my wife because she has done a not scientific but a very very accurate and statistical accurate statistically accurate survey of a number of women in our sphere of friends and in this church and we're going to be sharing some of these ideas with you today I think you'll have a lot of fun but the the subtitle here is it's not that difficult and it won't cost you a penny to be irresistible sometimes we think it it's going to take us a big night out, or a big date, or some big expenditure, or some big gift. We're going to have to do something that will really impress our wives and cost us an arm and a leg. Uh, not necessarily, although those kinds of those kinds of expenses are are, are uh, worthwhile. First of all, I think it's important that. This whole idea... I don't like the book that I saw a few years ago that showed up on the shelves. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. You know, this whole kind of idea of being so different. Really, the truth is, we're both created in the image of God.
1: Now, is the author of that book in the room? (laughs) Okay, good.
0: How are we going to do this? Uh, We've been told that we're from different planets, but really, the whole idea of being created... In His image. Now guys, let me just lay the groundwork here. We were created first from dirt. So we're just dirt. Women are prime rib. Alright, can we, can we agree that they are a higher form of creation? God did a little bit more intuitive uh, and planned a little bit to, to create her from our side and, and flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. So, we've got just a few questions. If you want to take notes today, here's the questions I want to ask you to begin with. If it's not so difficult, if, if my, if my uh, thesis here is that it's not really that difficult, ask yourself these questions. Have I taken the time to ask her? Have I taken the time to get to know her better? Have I asked questions? Have I made some assumptions that may or may not be true about her or what I think she would want or think is important to her. Number one, have you taken the time to ask your wife what it is that you need to know? First Peter 3, seven. and every guy's morning out I've shared this verse and I just want to keep hammering on it this morning. Likewise, husbands, live with your wife in an understanding way. King James says, according to knowledge. Some guys don't have any knowledge, they don't have a clue. But here's what the translation is. An understanding way to understand her. And to treat her with understanding as you live together, with an intelligent recognition of how you all are related in marriage. How God has connected you, made you one. And then he says, you should be thoughtful of your wife. Thoughtful. Thinking of her first, before you think of yourself. To be good husbands to your wives, honor them, delight in them, show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Now notice he calls this relationship, she being the weaker vessel, she's not weaker emotionally, she's not weaker spiritually, she's not weaker intellectually, she's not weaker in many cases financially and management. I mean sometimes women have so much more on the ball than we do. They're not weaker in any way. It's just that they're more delicate. They're a higher creation. The vessel that God has given us to support and to cover and to minister to. So, do this, he says, as the heirs of life, grace of life, so that your prayers be not hindered. Guys, are you getting your prayers answered? I, I hear guys all the time say, well, I just can't I can't get through to God. I can't get my... Well, I, immediately I'm thinking, how are you treating your wife? That your prayers are not hindered.
1: <clears throat> we have a little... Um... It's, it's, we've been married 33 years, and we dated three and a half years before that. So we've uh, we've known each other <clears throat> and been relating to each other for a very long time. And uh, just in the last few years, you know, sometimes you can kind of nag and harp at each other and just go on and on and on about something. And so I don't know which one of us. Coined it, but uh, we we have started saying to each other. <clears throat> excuse me. We've started saying to each other, so you know me better. So you know me better. I it it really um, is kind of agitating to me when you do this and so. Now Dave has just he's a wonderful husband. So period. <laughs> All that being understood he is a wonderful husband he has one one little habit in particular that kinda of, um, is a little annoying to me and it's he clicks his fingernails it's like this well, you will there's no amplification but you can imagine just this little he was doing it last night and I said you know you either have to stop that or I'm gonna have to just go in the other room Because it kind of gets on me. So anyway, so instead of um, getting all upset about things like that or something maybe that your wife does, uh, just try that little, you know, honey, so you know me better. Um, And and maybe you've been saying that for 30 years, but that's a gentle way of putting it. Uh, We tend to express our love in a way that we like it the most Uh, for example sometimes Dave will say I brought you a Dr. Pepper and so then I say you know I've never liked Dr. Pepper (laughs) in the 37 years that we have known each other I have never ordered a Dr. Pepper but he loves Dr. Pepper So we tend, you know, sometimes to think that something that means something to us will mean something to our spouse. So that's why it's important to ask. Just ask a question. Now, I may be jumping a little bit ahead of myself, but so I'm sure that we give this little assignment today. If you will go home today, those of you who are married or engaged or seriously dating, um, if you will go home and say, Honey, I want you to tell me, and we even created a little card for you just to make it easy. Um, and I just whipped this up. I wish I'd have trimmed it a little bit better so it would fit, really fit in your wallet. But I, Yeah, you can trim it to fit in your wallet. We've done this before, and we have people who come and say, I still have those three things in my wallet. But go home to your wife and, and have her write down three ways that you can show her not love you, honey and uh, not, not your own idea, but her idea of three ways you can show her and have her write them down, and then you put them in your wallet. She might write on there, um, bring me a cherry limeade more often, or take me to a movie, or whatever. And you, if you're puzzled, you're thinking, I cannot figure out how to make that woman happy. Just get in your wallet and look at that little thing and say, she said if I would do this, that would mean a lot to her. So do that today. It's just a little simple exercise. So we're not doing things that mean something to us. We're finding out, we're getting a clue, we're asking the question, what would be important to you? <clears throat> One thing that is important to me, and, and likely is to your wife, or uh, could be, you'd want to ask her, is I really appreciate it when Dave is affectionate to me, toward me in public. Well, in private, too. But, you know, sometimes guys don't have any trouble with the private affection but sometimes they're not quite as honoring in public. Um, just common courtesies like opening the car door or opening a door, I have had to get our son Daniel, it has been married five years, and when um, we lived in Tulsa, my little office area was right inside the front door. And I remember one day being at my desk, and he and Lisa were coming in, and he just walked in right in front of her, and then here she came about three steps behind, so I said, "Daniel, did you just walk in here in front of your wife?" And he said, "Yeah, like, whoa, mom, back off." You know, yeah, I did. So I said, "Okay, unless you think that there is a wild animal lurking right inside the door that may attack your wife, you don't ever go in first. You hold the door for her, and sometimes Dave does that to me and I'll say, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to get in front of you. <laughs> and and he says something like, I was just trying to hold the door for you. But uh, just those little common courtesies go such a long way toward making your wife feel protected and special. Let
0: me ask you this question. Is it easier for you to live in the flesh? Now, think about the the, the, the defaults on your computer. I mean, you plug in the computer, turn it on, there's a default font that comes up. You're going to be Times New Roman or Arial or something's defaulting. And if you want to have a different font on your document, you have to on purpose highlight and click and say, change the font. So what are your defaults with your wife? What do you default to? What's the easiest path of least resistance kind of thing that you default to? Is there something you need to on purpose make a change to update your font, your presets? And uh, what is it in your flesh that you have to on purpose say, I'm going to mortify that. As Paul said, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Anger and impatience and all the things that come in its place, the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and gentleness and self-control. The kinds of things that we have to let the Spirit override and and default to.
1: What are some of your defaults? Not faults, but they kind of are. But what are your defaults? What do you default to? Are you moody? or what else? Anger,
0: Anger. work of flesh. Self-centered. Yeah. And guys, we have to we have to know that these defaults are flesh. The, the the old man, we have to let those die and put on the new man. Old things passed away, Paul said 2 Corinthians 5:17, all things become new. That's where the defaults are reset in our life, new life in Christ.
1: What's your default? One of them.
0: Uh, One of my... (laughs) Well, I...
1: Oh, here, let me help you. Go ahead. Yeah, just because I know you so well, well, you can tell then one of mine. But one of his, if you can think of one, one of his is that he blames. He needs to find blame. He says responsibility. I say blame. Like, who left the lights on when we used to have an upstairs? Well, we still have an upstairs, but when our kids were all home, I was just upstairs and the lights were on. Who left the lights on? I don't know. Just go ahead and turn them off.
0: When you leave the room, somebody needs to shut the lights off. Last person who left them on. Shut that light off. Who
1: who left them on? I don't know. There's like six of us that live here. You can just turn them off. Just go ahead and turn them off. But who left them <laughs> on? And just on and on and on. And so it's, it's not productive, uh, because we're all going to kind of say, well, she was up there last, no, I, and then you have the whole family embroiled in this big discussion over who left the light on, when really it doesn't matter, it's just turn it off. So what's one of my defaults? I, I can't okay, may well may. then, I can't the may. next one.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Are you spiritually minded? Are you living your life in your marriage with a spiritual mindset, or is the carnal man dominating your life. Now here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.14 The unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, cannot receive the things of God. So there is no capacity for them. They seem like so much silliness. Spirit can only be known by spirit. God's spirit in our spirits in open communication. The the unspiritual guy the, the carnal man, put it away Become spiritually minded. Here's some of those spiritually minded things. Jesus said these things. If you want to be first, be last. If you want to go to the head of the line, go to the end of the line. If you want to live, you must first die. If you want to receive, you must give. If you want to be exalted, you've got to humble yourself. So what are these spiritual mindsets that we've got to renew our minds to be? I had this gentleman that I spoke with this week. He said, you know what I want to do more than anything? He said, I want to renew my mind. Boy, that was a great idea. He said, I just want to think differently. I want to to let the Word of God wash over me like water. The washing of the water with the Word, Ephesians 5. I was so encouraged. He said, I want to be a new kind of husband. Great. He said, if you want to be great, you must be a servant. He said, if you want to sit at the front take the last seat, Luke 14 he said when you get invited to a wedding don't go sit in the front row, sit at the last row and that the guy that invited you might say hey come up here, come up here and you'll have honor if you want to increase you've got to give it away you've got to scatter, he said he that scatters can then increase and then that's another question you want to ask these guys
1: Why do I have to ask this one? This is yours. Because this is me. Are you stubborn? Now these are questions we're asking ourselves, okay? These are for all of us in this room to ask ourselves. Am I stubborn? Do I want to be right and have it my way? Yes, I am.
0: Becky is not only stubborn, she's very competitive. Yeah. She was an athlete. She was like the all-star third base girl at softball. I mean, she had all the, she just liked to win.
1: Oh, keep, tell them about my bowling.
0: She's the bowling. She's the bowling intramural champion. She has a trophy. I mean, she won the college bowling. I could never beat her. I still, my average, I still can't beat her in bowling. She's a great bowler.
1: Well, so that's okay if you're competitive in a healthy way. But when that competitive uh, tendency takes over in your marriage, it's really a no win situation. And so are you stubborn? Do you want to be right? Do you have to be right about everything? I like to be right. I feel like most of the time I am. And so maybe you're like me. Um, there, I remember one time in particular when uh, we had this little sheared fabric hanging over our bathtub in our home in Tulsa. And
0: there was a rod at the top and a rod at the bottom, kind yeah. of spring rod.
1: So there's like a hem up here and a hem down there, and it had been hanging for a while. And I walked by one day and I said, that is upside down. And Dave said, no, it's really, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I said, no, it's upside down. You need to turn that around. So he climbed in, and one thing about being so tall, we don't, have to get a ladder so that's a handy thing so he climbs in the tub switches it over and then I walk back and forth a few times and I said you know what you were right that that is that was right and he just almost passed out he said did you say you were right you know to him and I said yeah go ahead and switch it over, and he said, no, we are going to leave that as a monument to the one time you were wrong. <laughs> so the rest of the time we lived there, that curtain was upside down, but Dave loved the fact that it was a memorial to the one time I admitted I was wrong. So the main reason that couples, or one of the main reasons that couples stay in conflict is because they're n- neither is willing to give up their position. And you can go to your grave insisting you're right, um, but you'll be miserable all the way there.
0: Next question: Are you selfish? Yes. Okay. The marriage relationship is not successful when selfishness is a part of it. Turn it around. Can I become more selfless? Not selfish itself less here's Deuteronomy uh, and this is an Old Testament idea that when a guy got married he would stay if he were in the army he wouldn't go to war he wouldn't leave for a year his, his duties were to be at home and here's what Deuteronomy 24.5 says I think it's a message if a man is recently married he must not be sent to war or have another duty laid on him for one year he is to be free to stay at home and bring happiness to his wife so happiness is one of those fleeting kind of emotions. But is there joy between you? Is there peace between you? Are you happy? My mother and father were not happy. I watched them for uh, 15 years of my life, being very unhappy, and uh, domestic violence and lots of fighting and lots. Of, I mean, there was blood and, and knives would become weapons and dishes would become weapons and hot irons and I watched that in my li- in my family. And and decided as a kid, when I get married, I don't want this. I, all I want to do is have a happy home. And my mother and father were very unhappy until uh, he was killed in an explosion. He worked for an oil company at the time, Amoco, which is now called BP. And he died on one of those rig explosions, just like the guys in the Gulf did here this past year. My father and nine other guys were killed. And... My mother lived another four years as as a widow and with one son, and she passed when I was nineteen. And I I saw so many things that were just not working. And they had no no faith basis. There was no church. There was no God in our home between them. So I want to encourage you: be selfless with your wife instead of selfish. What you want? I'm I'm, I'm paying these bills. I'm making this money. I'm going to have it my way. She's your partner. She is the heir of grace of life. Join heirs of the grace of life. That's what we read earlier, First Peter 3.
1: And that doesn't mean that just you're just responsible to make her happy the first year. <laughs> For us, it's a lifetime of doing that. And uh, so, being selfless. Then the next one is, is my cup half empty? Am I the kind of person that looks at everything as half empty, or is it half full? Are you kind of on a negative slant, or do you, uh, do you look at things positively? Do you know when you, um, I meet with, uh, we meet together with a lot of couples, and I meet with a lot of women over marriage issues. And uh, I was visiting with a lady a couple days ago, and she was naming these things that actually I had three women in one week, in in about a two day period of time, who asked to come in and meet with me, and they were not friends. Uh, there was there was no connection between them, and none of them are your wives. Uh, but they all three left me a phone message or an email message saying. I'm having a very difficult time honoring or respecting my husband and I really need your help. And they were wonderful women who'd been married a lot of years that just had come to a place where uh, that was a difficult thing for for them. So one of the things I always try to do is say, let's talk about all the good things. Give me a list of all the good things about your husband. And, And always women are able to come up with a longer list of things that are positive than the few things that frustrate them. There's generally 20% that's frustrating in a marriage relationship, and if you're honest, there's 80% that's really pretty good, and a lot of things to be thankful for. You know, you can... Uh, We can always, and you as men can do the same thing, and think of a lot of wonderful things about your wife. But we tend to highlight those few negatives. So be thankful. Play the glad game. I'm so glad, I'm so glad, uh, I'm so glad he doesn't hit me. Now, not every woman can say that. Not every man can say that. But when a woman can say, you know what, and we did did that this week in my office, I'm glad he doesn't hit me. He provides for me. He's a wonderful father. He uh, has been faithful to me. And then you say, but he clicks his fingernails. And then you get down to that and it's like, oh, wow, how shallow am I being. So uh, look for the good and be glad, play the glad game about the things in your marriage and with your spouse. Uh, Philippians 4.8 says, summing it up, friends, I'd say to you, sorry, I've got one contact in and one out, and I'm a little blurry. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst. And you know the rest of that verse. So think about the good things.
0: Do you have unreasonable expectations? I want to get through this because I want you to hear what some of the women that we know have said about their husbands. What is your expectation? Are they unreasonable? My wife, you know, I, I drive as best I can. I'm thankful I haven't had any accidents in the last few years. But she doesn't like to ride with me. Well, I like to drive drive by myself and go places, and I drove all over town yesterday, and I didn't have one problem in like, He's like
1: MapQuest. I mean, he knows everything in every city we've ever been in. I feel so confident when I'm in the car with him that we will, if it's map-related, we will get there without any difficulty. And what I used to feel like when we were dating... And he had a big conversion van. And so he would drive... I used to think it was like authoritatively. That was the word I used. With authority. He's so authoritative behind the wheel. And he would just whip me... I would just be whipped around. And really I thought, man, this is just almost kind of sexy. The way, you know, he's just so... Really. It was just... It was like this confident aggressive, authoritative kind of sexy guy at 19 behind the wheel in that conversion van. And now (laughs) with no seats in the back and you know panel all this. But anyway so now at 55 that is no longer authoritative or sexy it is just like I'm white knuckled by the time we get to where we're going. And so sometimes I say to him if you really love me you won't drive that way, and it doesn't change. So my expectation has to change, that this is just kind of the way it is, Becky, when you're in the car with him, this is the way it's going to be, and
0: I'm okay with Dice that. That's in your seatbelt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and hold on.
0: And I have to understand, Becky's just... Uh, very organized, very administrative always has always has a project always has something going is always involved always has this to do and has this in in ready and this plan is in, and something waiting to be done you know and she 's just always busy and i 'm always kind of waiting for her to get finished so she can spend some time with me. So I've had to kind of adjust my expectations. She's just that way. She's administrative. She's not trying to ignore me necessarily, I don't think.
1: No, no, no.
0: But when she gets that last thing checked off her list, and then maybe, maybe I'll uh, get to sit down and have dinner or talk to her or whatever.
1: Yeah. So we were going to go on a road trip with our four children, uh, an extended, like, a month-long road trip. This has nothing to do with aggressive driving. But we were packing to go on this road trip, and he said, I just want you to know we're not taking an ice chest. Now, why would you say that? Because we have four children, and he's going to be the first one in the ice chest. So I said, well, n- not in it, but getting something out of it. So I said, well, honey, we have to take an ice chest. So I prepare two ice chests. And uh, we hadn't even backed out of our driveway. It's 8 o'clock in the morning, and he says, could I have one of those roast beef sandwiches? <laughs> you know, so, so we just have to adjust our expectations, and then we're not frustrated by little things. When our experience, what we experience, is close to what we're expecting or anticipating, then we're more content.
0: Ask your wife when you get a minute. Ask her this question. What is something that I could do that would cause our relationship to grow? Ask her. Be vulnerable. Open yourself up for a response that you may not be ready for. Say say to her, honey, what is something I could do that could cause our relationship to grow?
1: And then when she tells you, you cannot say, I do that all the time. I can't believe you would. You can't launch into that. You just have to take it at face value for what it's worth, whatever she said.
0: Now, here's...
1: What time do we're, we finish?
0: We're going to finish here in about 10, 12 minutes. Okay. On Valentine's Day, not too long ago, my wife did this big census, and she called about 50 and wrote a note to about 50 of our closest friends. And her question was,
1: What are some of the things that you're, well, actually, I've got it right here. I'm yeah. not going to read all of it. She's but,
0: administrative. These yeah. are the responses from the 50 couples. That and the guys about. are
1: in blue, and the girls are in pink. So the question was, name three romantic things. And then the other was, name some things that your spouse thinks are romantic, but you don't. You got that? Name some things that work against romance. What are some things that your spouse does that shows you love? And then the last one was, what are some things that you can do to keep your romance fresh? And it was so interesting. And I am telling you the truth. The number one. Do you have any idea from the women what the from the women what the number one answer was? Pay
0: attention
1: to talking. No. Of play with the kids, mm. dishes. Oh my goodness! No wonder you guys are here today.
0: <laughs> he said acts of service and dishes.
1: <clears throat> That's close. Cooks. Rub my feet or rub my back see <laughs> that's, the that's number one for, for the women. women rub my feet or rub my back the second was help me around the house who said acts of service yeah and then the third was take me on a date and the fourth was write me sweet notes now there were many other responses but almost just 80% of the ladies it was rub my back or rub my feet And that my friends is free so is help me around the house now I am if you want to look at this or if you would like me to email it to you even better I would do it you would find it very interesting but I got uh, last night before we went to bed I got on Facebook I didn't have Facebook back when I did my first survey so I got on Facebook last night and I shot a, a note but any ladies that were still up, which was quite a few, saying, tell me something that makes your husband irresistible. Okay, now
0: say it again. This was the question. Tell Tell me me something something
1: that makes your husband irresistible to you. And I
0: I want us to just bounce back and forth. Here is the responses that Becky got from these ladies. When he confides in me, when he opens up and makes me feel like I matter the most,
1: I just love it when my husband comes in at 8 a.m. from a 48-hour shift as a firefighter and unloads the dishwasher, makes me coffee, makes, me, makes the lunches, and asks what I need for the day, looking directly into my eyes. It's like he suddenly melts into my world and makes me feel so valuable that I naturally want to respond and try to meet his needs back. Yes, it makes him irresistible.
0: When he does the laundry, it doesn't matter if... He had... what? banned
1: me. Forbidden me.
0: If he he banned me from doing it because I leave things in the pockets, turn things different colors than they were when they first went in, and I shrink things. The fact is, I have a husband that washes, dries, and puts away our laundry. It makes him pretty irresistible. He will be there tomorrow, too. So if you're here, that's your wife.
1: So here's Dave's cousin well here goes cousin when he puts his arm around me at church, the mall, the front porch I feel the tingles also you guessed it when he rubs my feet with lotion just because when he tells me that he loves me and why at an unexpected time one girl the first response I got back I just loved and she said when he sings
0: go ahead this is a girl that we know that lives in Houston when he expresses his love for Jesus Sometimes through music and writing and singing and playing songs for Jesus or just times when he is, has a compassionate heart for the less fortunate they're hurting. Call me weird, but those things make me just ooze love for him and pretty much make him irresistible to me. A couple other things would be playing with our children outside, riding bikes, setting up their tent, teaching our oldest boy how to tie a tie. You know, teaching them how to be men someday
1: this lady is has been married for fifty two years she says i love when Angelo opens the door for me and every day of our fifty two years of marriage he tells me he loves me and how great i look wow that's an unbeatable combination
0: this is a girl that says my husband brings me small i was thinking about you gifts that are just awesome sometimes he brings me a diet coke when he goes to the store and he'll bring me candy you know all the things that are bad for my teeth (laughs)
1: Uh, pray, when he prays over me, tells me I'm his best friend, draws me nearer to God. Uh, you know, there's nothing... I, I know that I'm speaking for probably all of the women uh, that are represented here. There's nothing more wonderful than when you pray with and for your wife. There, there's just nothing that beats it. I'll tell you what it does. It makes her feel secure, protected cared for it brings a tenderness you know when Dave and I are if if we're starting to have an argument or things are getting tense if one of us will just reach over and take the other person's hand not like that you know not a, a squeeze but just a tender touch that goes so far in just diffusing things
0: this girl says when he grabs my hand and lets me know that I'm his None of these things, she says, cost anything. They're all about the heart. Now, here's a girl here in our church that I know, and she says, I like it when he kisses me. Lots and lots and lots of kisses.
1: Here's when, when he smells like a long, hard day's work. You know, that, can be, that could be a good thing. Check with your wife. Maybe that's uh, on her list.
0: This girl says, when I watch him being an awesome dad to our kids...
1: When he su- surprises me with special gifts. This is your brother. Yeah, my sister. When he surprises me with a special gift, which is spending time with me, coming home to dinner lets me know he's thinking about me.
0: When he informs me, we're going on a date, and has already arranged babysitting and everything.
1: I, d- I don't see it here, but one girl said, when he's got his hands lifted high in worship. There's nothing like a worshipping husband. Now, there's, there's only been one thing. Now, some of those little, when he brings me a little candy bar or Diet Coke, that may cost you a couple dollars. But aside from the date night and the babysitter, all of these things are free. And they are the things that are meaningful. Sometimes men will, on a birthday or Christmas, throw a bunch of money at their wives uh, and then treat them disrespect, disrespectfully or just like they're um, invisible the rest of the year. And really those big gifts a couple times a year really don't mean much when there's not been loving support all throughout the year.
0: I can, I can understand what this girl, she lives in Southern California, a friend of ours, she says, "I never." Uh, he's irresistible because I never have to call a repairman for anything. Now, that's, you, that's not me. <laughs> I've I got the guy's number on speed dial, you know, the repairman guy. But this girl, her husband is taking care of their home, little fix-it projects. And it, you may be that guy.
1: You hung pictures.
0: I did last and night. And they were straight. I used to level on everything.
1: He's my safe place to fall. That is irresistible. Now listen to this. When I can pour my heart out to him and he doesn't throw it back in my face later. Or put me down. He's genuine, understanding, and walks in love. When he plays with our young kids and makes them laugh. When he does housework or a project for me. When he apologizes. When he suge- suggests we pray together about something. Uh, he's hot.
0: And this same girl says, It's interesting how there are no comments along the lines of when his biceps are bulging. Or when he wears that." tight jean and low cut shirt. None of those those comments are in these women's uh, irresistible. This one girl here that is very moving for me to hear her say this about her husband. I love when he has tears. Tears of joy. When he spends time with the kids, lightens my load by helping me through. Though he's tired, his unselfish love for me is irresistible. Now that's that's, that's powerful. His unselfish love for his wife makes him irresistible, She's
1: Can I read... We weren't going to do this, but can I read a few of these that work against? Yeah. Okay, because that, that might be helpful. Some things not to do. Um, only touching for sex. He doesn't tell me I'm attractive. He or she sleeps on the edge of the bed. Takes me for granted. Not paying attention when I enter the room. No free time to spend together. Arguing about things that don't matter. Uh, not valuing the time a wife has to spend on the mundane tasks that are expected. You know, there's a lot of things that wives and mothers do that uh, go unappreciated, and that's, that works against it. Um, too much time on the computer. Not respecting each other's needs. Rarely having a date night. Taking for granted the cooking, cleaning, etc. When he doesn't give you an honest answer. Watching television uh, too much. Bringing up subjects at the wrong time. Forgetting to be thoughtful. It's the little things that matter. And uh, this is one for the ladies. Greet me, that the husband said, greeting me at the door with news on the kids and who needs to be corrected.
0: So it's about that time, but I want to say this to you guys. God has called you and given you this ability to be the husband that your wife deserves. We have, we've we all been given the great privilege, it's a responsibility yes, but it's a great privilege to minister to our wives, to be their, their covering, to be their protector, to be their support to be their encouragement. Enjoy it, don't just endure now I, I have a, a lot of weight and pledges we made to each other to be faithful till death do us part in sickness and in health in, for rich or for poor, all that kind of thing I res- forsaking, all, forsaking others. all others to be true to her I respect that and I, inspe- I respect the endurance of long term commitment but you don't just have to endure, you can enjoy this and so can she so make it not either or or both, make it endure Steadfastness, stick-to-itiveness, but also make it wonderful. Make it a new mercy every morning. The Lord's mercy is new every day in your marriage. Today is the birthday of our firstborn. We had twins first 30 years ago today. Our daughters were born this morning on the 15th of January. And we're having a celebration tonight. Their husbands have invited 50 of their close friends to come to our house so we've got to go home and get ready for the party but we're so thrilled we're so excited that I told Becky last night thank you for being my wife thank you for being a good wife thank you for being a wonderful mother thank you for the commitment you've made now this little girl here was just a tiny little girl when she gained all that weight she gained 50 some pounds with our twins and I just thought I loved her I just thought I loved her until I saw her holding her children. And then I really, really loved her. So the things that you take for granted, the things that you've just kind of forgotten about or passed over, go back and on purpose tell your wife how much you appreciate, how much you value, what she's given to be your wife, and what she's given for your family. And the daily things that she does, don't take it for granted. Don't let any of it go unnoticed by you.
1: Since you brought that up, I want to say one more thing, and then we'll let you go. You know, we're all aging. You are aging. We are aging. Your wives are aging. And aging is tricky. Um, And I I guess men probably deal with it too, but I want to assure you that your wives are dealing with all of the issues that come with aging, whether that's... um, not having the same energy and spark and uh, stamina or gaining weight. You know, I gained 52 pounds with Christine and Jessica, and I was just pretty hideous to look at, really. Um, And, but Dave would say, oh, you've never been more beautiful. Just look, and then I had a C-section, so that's like another hideous thing that, you know, don't even try to picture that, people. Um, but he he will say you are more beautiful today than the day I married you and really if you held a picture up and had a before and after it's not accurate what he's saying isn't accurate but I know he means it and that means a lot to me that gives me a confidence and a security um uh, and is a wonderful thing for a husband and a wife to be able to say to each other. You know, last night as we were going to bed, I think it was like the last thing we said to each other, and I just felt kind of prompted to say it, and, and I said, Honey, I will never be unfaithful to you. And he said, And I will never be unfaithful to you. And those are words that are important to speak. Um, but you can think, Well, that kind of sounds random but those are important words and if you've been through a period in your life where, that, where you've not been faithful or your wife has not been faithful letting God restore and rebuild that to, to where you can once again say that so can we pray for you
0: Lord make us as men irresistible to our wives help us to be loving and kind and generous and unselfish let us be like Jesus Help us to be not just the head of our home, but help us to be the husband to our wife and the father to our children. Thank you, Lord, for giving us grace and strength to be doers of your word, not just hearers only.
1: Father, I pray for every family that's represented here, every marriage that's represented here in this room, that it would be protected and preserved. I pray, Lord, that um, nothing would divide the relationships of the, the men here in this room. I pray that where there's been a breach or a separation or division, that you would repair and restore. I pray that we would all do the things that we know to do, the things that that we know to be true from your word, uh, that will uh, promise a beautiful fruit and a beautiful harvest. So we speak a blessing over each marriage and each family that is represented here today. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great afternoon.